Thank you for listening to this episode of Courtside Indiana Podcast. Please hit the subscribe or add button on your podcast app to get them delivered straight to your phone, tablet, or desktop. As always, we'd appreciate our rating and review. And you can reach us directly on our Courtside Indiana Twitter at CourtsideIND. Welcome to Courtside Indiana Podcast. This is episode 119. I'm Jim Reamer, joined as always by Zach Tyler. Zach, saw some good games hey. yesterday, right? Yeah. Yeah, both yeah. both uh, sets were good good games for me. Cool. We'll we'll get uh, we'll get to those. Also joining us is Chris Spillman. Chris, you were at Southport, mm-hmm. so you you had a, you had a couple good games. Although you had some games that kind of got stretched out there at the end, didn't you? Yeah, just, the first two were pretty good. The last one though was pretty. It was it got over pretty quick. You could tell after they got up by twenty. So, but yeah, but it was still the first two games were a lot of fun. So, yeah. Good. Um, we will be joined, should be, unless he has computer issues, with by with Nick Baumgart. He's pulling in the homestead right now. But uh, Zach, we're gonna we're gonna talk about the regional games we saw yesterday. But right now, we're gonna get recruiting up to date. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> let's see. Travis Grayson saw him yesterday for a couple games. Got a Bethel offer. Um, let's see. Marcus Burton from Penn also saw him yesterday 2023 got a ball state offer and he got a Purdue Fort Wayne offer as well a couple more offers I didn't get in the system yet Sean Page got an Adams State offer and then Brandon Razor Moore got a Wabash Valley offer Uh, he's from Jeffersonville is that right yes okay and then a couple commitments Lincoln Tomei who was a victory Christian ended up at Don Bosco he committed to Milligan, uh, the NAIA, and then Gabe Trevino from East Side committed to D3 Earlham. Um, oh, and one more was uh, Caden Mana. Oh, yeah. Bosco. He's going to go to Bosco as well. Prep <clears throat> yep. school. Yeah. You get a post grad. Yeah. Amid all of our, amid all of our uh, prep school rants, or my prep school rants, not really rants, but monologues i guess is the postgrad stuff makes perfect sense you know so yeah postgrad stuff makes perfect sense so nick's joining us now nick was home streaming we're talking about recruiting the burton offers though i mean those are hold on hold on jim what's up what? chris that's my guy chris i gotta say what's up <laughs> all right that's all right um burton's offers from ball state and, and fort wayne I still show Purdue Fort Wayne. I got to change that, don't I? In the database, they don't go by Purdue Fort Wayne anymore, do they? Uh, PFW. Yeah, PFW. PFW. They do Same go by thing. Purdue Fort Wayne. Same thing. Okay. Same thing. Yeah. But those are. I mean, look. He's. I. I think he's one of the top. There's one. He's one of the top six or seven guards. And if there's a position that's deep in the class of 2023, it's point guards. One of them. Oh my god! Basically, basically, the anything one through three is deep in twenty twenty three. So you uh, want to be a point guard? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I, you know that's good spot. Everybody for wants to be a point guard, Jim. Well, I know, I understand that. And if you can shoot, then you can play off the ball. So, speaking of which, we get started with AAU today. We start of what? Huh? What's it? What's it? The start of? We start, we start practicing today, so we're good to go. You didn't have two days? You didn't already practice once? Uh, I'm going to run to the ground later. All right, we're going right into the games yesterday. Best, best games, best team, best player. We're doing all that stuff, promising prospects if we saw any. And then we'll talk a little bit about the semi-state. Then we're, I'm up against it. We're recording 1145 on Sunday. I got to get out here at 1230, guys. So. What, like making you go to the grocery or something? No, I've got to practice today. Uh-huh. Zach, what was the best game you saw yesterday? Uh, last night's game, probably Chesterton versus Penn. Yeah. Uh, seeing Burton against Grayson, obviously. Uh, saw them against each other a couple years ago here at Penn. Um, I probably ended up being like it. everybody thought it would be, right? Like, I mean, well, that one. So much in the first half with, with Penn leading. But, but, I mean, after halftime, you could tell because Burton went down with cramps. 
at the end of the half, and I, he wasn't right the rest of the game. You could tell. Uh, Joe Smith, I found out also later, had cramps. Uh, not sure they, they weren't hydrating or whatever after or between games, but not good for them, for those two especially. I mean, guard plays huge in that game. Um, and and Penn just ran into some bigs that were <clears throat> a little more skilled and and uh, could handle the, the things that Penn wants to do with their bigs. So it's kind of, I thought where it would go with Homestead, but that didn't go well. I'll, I'll, I'll wait for my turn to talk about that. But what's, what's the difference between Grayson and Burton? Uh, size probably in shooting. So Burton's that much bigger. Burton's probably, I'd say he's six one. Maybe. Yeah, he's two or three inches taller. Probably. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I guess I, I guess I still have a hard time seeing Grayson as being that much shorter, but I mean, that doesn't mean I'm, you know, I've not seen them during Well, I have seen them during school ball this year, but I was far enough away that you can't really tell. I think another thing that you could kind of throw in there is where they finish at, like around the rim. Burton you know, gets up know. higher. Grayson just seems like he, I mean, he's, he's, don't get me wrong, he's crafty, he's good, he's knows how to score, all that. But now I've coached against Marcus, and when he finishes, he gets at the rim. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's, I'm not saying he consistently get well, one game he consistently got there. Um, but, uh, he's a junior. I mean, they're just juniors, so, you know. Well, so. I know, I'm just, but I'm just talking no, like I, even, I'm just saying that, like, even Grayson taking this long to get, we had one podcast where we were talking about Grayson's recruiting and, and I was texting Urban, Coach Urban, and and you know what? Like mid mid podcast, I was texting him, just saying, "Hey, why why do we think he's not getting offers?" And I was, you know, sometimes when a kid, just like with Brandon Razor, more more, sometimes when a kid recruiting is that, like an obvious player is recruiting is that empty you wonder what's up now we knew and we knew in Grayson's case, just like we knew in Razor Moore's case that he wasn't, you know, he's a good kid. He wasn't like anything questionable. So maybe there were some academic issues, whatever. I mean, and that's not to say that everybody that gets a junior college offer or, or, or goes that route has academic issues. That's not even remotely the case. Um, I mean, I had a kid, Jordan Geis that went to get re-recruited and it worked. He ended up at Missouri. So uh, he, you know, so he took advantage of that, but, but, you know, and a quick response from Coach Urban: No, grades are outstanding. He takes AP classes. He's he's Amazing a model. Kid. He's a model kid in the school, and you know we're all sort of puzzled. But he's gotten some stuff to come through. But I'm just curious as to what the difference were between those two, and especially here's, when they just play thing. each other. Honestly, I really think, and you tell me what you think, Zach. But you know, he's five ten or what? I um, I guess he's five ten. I never measured him, but. Maybe he's five nine. I don't know, but I just think guys look at the portal now and they say, "Well, I can get, I can get some dude six two or six three to come." Like, I just think it's um, well. But in Grayson's case, it's I, yeah. I guess that trickles down, doesn't it? I mean, in Grayson's case, he wasn't even getting any NAI offers until a couple of weeks ago. I mean, it was just it was perplexing as to how it could go down that way. It's just pushed everything back. I mean, you know, like when. Um, I just, I just a lot of kids. I mean, you know, maybe it's kids down here, but a lot of the kids I talk to, you know, on a regular basis is just not Randy Kelly. Like, mm-hmm. it's just going to take a while. And just telling them, like, just let it. Just yeah, it's tough, to, path, it's tough at this stage of the game to tell people to be patient. But I, I mean, I get what you're saying. They have to believe it. They have, I mean, I would just. We're not going to tell them bad stuff. The transfer portal and COVID have changed that a little bit. We'll, and we'll eventually drift away from the COVID part, but the transfer portal. Never. <laughs> the yeah. transfer portal will, will be that's, dogging, dogging us a, for a while. That's the same I've heard is that they, they, need, they need size. It was good yesterday to see him finish against some, a, a few bigger guys, but at the same time, it's not, not consistently finishing against big dudes like he would see at like a D2 level that we've talked about with Travis before. I mean, even, even uh, well, like the, the GLIAC, I mean, there's going to see division one transfers that are huge six ten guys. I mean, it'll be interesting to see how he does against Kokomo this weekend. Well, here's if the I'm, thing. If I'm here's, the, I'm... here's the thing. You don't, you don't need to be able to finish to be effective as a penetrator. I mean, I don't mean be able to finish. I mean, but if you can get to the logo, 
if you can get to the, you know, inside the paint, most, you know, most college gyms have logos there. If you can get to the logo, you're going to be able to find people. I mean, or else, I mean, or else if you don't, if you don't account for Grayson, it's not like he won't be able to finish in that, that environment, especially as he gets stronger. But, and you're right. You're right, Zach, that, or no, Nick, whoever made the point that, you know, they do finish very differently. Burton Marcus definitely elevates more. I don't know if I know he's a, I mean, he's very athletic. I don't know if Travis just can't or doesn't or what, but I also think that Grayson's longer, isn't he? Zach Burton's longer. No, Burton's longer. Crap. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Chris, what was your best game yesterday? Uh, I'd have to go with the Mount Vernon Ben Davis game. The first one that game was, it was Mount Vernon had, I think a six point lead going in, going out of halftime. And then Ben Davis won on a huge run. And then after that, it just was kind of within three or four the rest of the game. And then Zane Dowdy, um, a six, six, nine, six, 10 big for Ben Davis. He was, kind of the force that drove them to the win is he had 12 in the fourth quarter, including two big and ones that really got their crowd into it. And at the end, it was just kind of yeah, Mount Vernon had their chances, but they couldn't hit. They missed a three and then they missed a, a layup that was just a really contested one. And it was a really gritty, gritty win by Ben Davis. And they, I, I was very impressed with how they played. Obviously didn't pan out for the night game, but they played really well in that game. So yeah. well, they, you know, with Mount Vernon, they played you – know, Mount Vernon is used to being the quicker team on the floor on their schedule. And they, they play a good schedule, but their conference is still still pretty much um, – they're like them and Greenfield are the one suburb – the two suburban schools playing – not rural, but, but teams that aren't necessarily considered part of the Indianapolis area. So their, their schedule tends to, to take both of them – take them a little bit east, even though – I mean, Mount Vernon does play their teams, but they don't play – I don't know that Mick Mount Vernon plays any mixed schools on a consistent basis. And that's where I, I think that they, they're not used to seeing teams as quickly, as quick as they are. So especially as quick as the twins are and their other, their other guard. Um, all right. Now, Zach or Nick, I know you were home watching thousands of games hone in on one. What was the best <laughs> game you saw yesterday? Well, without a doubt, it was the last night sold in bossy. Um, good. I was going to say pick one that we didn't go to, but that's, no, that's, that, was, that works. That was a super fun one. I mean, it was, it was, uh, I had, like I said, I had like four, three or four games going at once. And then by halftime, you know, the Ben Davis game was bad. And then, um, oh yeah, it wasn't competitive. And so I was really going back and forth between Franklin and Bloomington North. Uh, Franklin, they, I'll, I'll get to solve in a second, but Franklin led, controlled the game for three quarters um micah davis is gonna be really good yeah he's nice he's they've got they've got a really good sophomore class too size will be the issue there with him but but again he's he's really he's quick with the ball he's He's a winner he's he's crafty he he really changes directions well in in traffic and and he he's i agree he's gonna be a nice player he was a winner yesterday let's put it that like that you know they they had six wins on february 18th and they right. all almost got to semi-state. So that's pretty, pretty crazy finish. I'll be interested to see how their season comes next year. Um, in that game, though, Kleber was Kleber was awesome. He was yeah. really good. And um, so the, not, know, not Sullivan Bossy, Franklin. Mm, I'm getting to that in a second, but I gotta I gotta make this. <laughs> I gotta make this. Uh, oh, I know. I got. We gotta get out of here. We got a half hour. Jeez. Wow. You either get it. You get it. You get Pick it all one. or you get nothing, man. Oh, geez. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I just wanted like, to make the point that J.Q. Roberts is, you know, he hit five or six threes yesterday. Yeah, that's, game, a big, you know? that's a big part of his game. I think that's becoming a big, bigger part of his game. I think the next step with him is going to be how does he attack? Can he attack, uh, not, not necessarily attack closeouts, but can he attack off the dribble and change his mind can he get in a space where he can stop and make a play that isn't necessarily the one that he thought he was going to make i'll put my money on it I yeah mean, oh yeah you're gonna yeah i look indiana's offered him good one to bet on from an iu fan perspective and somebody that does work a little bit for the rival site you know anytime i've ever asked do you think right. iu should have offered him the answer has been since day one yes <laughs> yes not a, right. not a bad offer to take a chance on uh my, my best game of the day was 
I mean, I, you talk about games that had some ups and downs, man. I, the, every game I saw yesterday was like a, just a roller coaster ride, but I'm going to go with uh, Westfield and Homestead. Um, first for how impressive Homestead was in their, their defense of, of Braden Smith and, and how they cut off everything he wanted to do along the baseline. You know, they, they did this against Carmel. I don't know if they did it the exact same way, but I, we took to, I saw what they did against Carmel at, at Brownsburg that, uh, back in December. Anytime Carmel drove baseline, there was a leaper at the rim. It was usually Grant. This time, I, I kind of predicted that Grant would be guarding Trey Dorton, who is sort of like a poor man's Tony Allen, so to speak, where he, you don't really guard him offensively, but defensively, he's there. He's kind of like their go-to guy defensively for the other team's best player. They basically put Andrew Leaper on him and just stood him at the rim. And then they put Grant Leaper on Romack and just made life miserable for Alex. Now, Alex still had a, had a good game, but it was interesting to see that, you know, Grant was able to get to his shot and, and block it, which hasn't been really, uh, not a lot of people have been able to do that. Even against Cathedral, you know, when, when they were having their, their biggest lineups and they with Booker, Romack was able to slip up and get through the rim. So, you know, in, in, in Leaper, you've got a combination of size and strength, not, not just, or, you know, length and strength, not just, not just length. And, you know, Grant really made things difficult for them. And the, the problem they had was Andrew got in foul trouble. And so when they, when they put Grant on, well, they put lawyer on Dorton there for a bit, but then when they did it with, with Grant Leaper, the backside was, was more open and plus Westfield changed their attack and they, they started to go more down the middle third. So there were some decent adjustments made there and, and then obviously the fourth quarter happened. I think they got outscored 30 to seven in the fourth quarter. And I, I don't know that I've ever seen a team with a player like lawyer just collapse and, and fall apart. And part of that was Braden Smith guarding lawyer who all by, by statistically lawyer had a great game, but he had a bad fourth quarter. And there's going to be a little bit of a theme of that going going on in the, the championship game. But he was um, actually a, a big theme of what I just said on both counts, a team that has the player, the caliber of lawyer, you know, then later that night, Braden Smith having such a, such a rough fourth quarter. I didn't think I'd see it. And then I saw it twice in one day. So, you know, but, but Westfield then just, it was just an avalanche and then Hafner got going and well, actually that's what got him going was Hafner. And then Braden started to get going. I mean, Hafner just decided he kind of did the, um, the remember the Karsten Wendland that played for Carmel and then, and then uh, Leary's son at Carmel, kind of that irrational confidence guy. Like, I don't care. I'm just going to shoot it anyway. That's what Hafner started doing. I mean, Hafner's a better player than both those guys overall, but, but in terms of just his shooting and just his kind of effort mentality, I'm just going to shoot this shot and see what happens. And it went in <laughs> the next thing, you know, the avalanche is coming and, and Westfield just completely obliterated them in the fourth quarter. So a um, lot of ups and downs in that game. Um, some, some rough body language in the first half from Westfield, almost like they were content to be there. And then they just completely flipped the switch and then turned it on and, and then, you know, basically crushed Homestead and then turned around the night game and had the exact same thing done to them. So, uh, but that, that was my game of the day. Uh, Nick, or you, we already did that. Chris, who was your, who was your best team? Jim, before we get to that, can I submit, can I submit a, uh, another entry? I I mean, it's, it's hard (laughs) not to talk about that bossy game and bossy got up 16, nothing on Sullivan. Yeah. And, uh, I just slowly, but surely, you know, I didn't quit. And I just says a lot about Randy Kelly, you know, I mean, we've, um, He's a kid that a lot of people don't know as well. Like as Grayson, you know, Grayson's obviously he gets the the headlines and for good reason, but yeah, dang, Randy Kelly. I mean, I was talking to Shane Burkhart. I was like, you, you a fan Burke or is he, he's like, dude, I'm a huge fan, man. That's my guy. So you guys are, you're, you're missing out. Well, Burkhart, no, I'm not. I saw him. I saw him last year against Green Castle. Not you. Oh, 
Oh, coaches. I mean, they're college coaches. All right. College coaches that might be listening. Uh, we get a fair. We get a fair amount. Chris, who was your best team yesterday? Uh, yeah, it's it definitely Cathedral. They just Are their we just first game. With the winners. Well, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, it's fair. It's fair. Game, their first game, I was a little concerned because they almost blew a pretty a game that they definitely should have won, probably by a little more against Terre Haute North. And I was kind of thinking Ben Davis might nip them, but they just they came out at the first half. They kind of had a lead, and then it kind of got a little closer. Um, but after halftime, they just completely obliterated Ben Davis. It was it wasn't really close, and they just had a really good energy on both sides of the ball, and they were making shots, and they looked really good. Edwards was making threes. Davis, I mean, everyone on the floor was making shots. So we have it. They looked really good yesterday, and it was. They'll be curious to see how they do next week. So. Nick, who was your best team? Well, um, you know, I, I, would, I would say Cathedral beating Ben Davis the way it did. It was, it was, that was impressive. Um, you know, but I think, hey, Gary, 21st century had a, um, you know, they had a good day, I thought. Um, I don't know. It's, 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 it's hard to, to, you know, get away from, after Ben Davis beat Mount Vernon, who I have all the respect in the world for, those those guards are really hard. That's um, so you know. I think Cathedral right now is is they're in a good spot. Um, but I'll also yeah. go for Leo. Leo beat uh, two really good teams yesterday in Norwell and Wood. Um, hey, and you know what? I've been with them since day one, Jim. You know, you tried to talk me off that that ledge back in November, but. Which one? <laughs> the wheel oh, the, the yeah, the the la- I've yeah, I've I've referenced that a few times where I'm like, geez, I no, it's just funny. That was one I missed. No, I, just, I mean I just didn't know enough about their guards. I mean, I wasn't I you know, I was yeah, I just missed the boat on their young. I was kids. walking around feeling bad for weeks until they started winning. I was like, oh man, I really yeah. <laughs> you really I mean until they started winning, bad. they they were eight and one. I'm trying to make you feel better. I don't know, man. No, that's not where. No, I no. have reality staring, literally looking at me in the face right here. They they <laughs> lost their. They went 21 and or well, however many games they've won. They lost five regular season games. Two of them were the last two against Blackhawk and Woodland. But I'll tell you this: I'm gonna my first game. I'm gonna watch today is Beach Grove. Um, they had a great weekend. Yeah, I'm gonna watch some of the streams this week, and you know, catch some games I don't normally get to catch, but. Zach, who is your best team? Are we just all picking the teams we watch win? Zach? Yep, 28-0, Chesterton. Easy pickings. <clears throat> Easy pickings. Front runner. Uh, I mean, Central Noble probably needs to get mentioned. They'll all get mentions like, when do you yeah. hate Central Noble? Like, Mary, Mishawaka Marion, tough tough wins for them. I mean, call, yeah. they had Culver down to the end there. But your so your best team, I mean, obviously the just the games you saw it was Chesterton. So yeah, right. So who in the champ? Any of those juniors step up and score yesterday, or was it primarily the three guys that? For Chesterton, yeah. Uh, any, well, which of those juniors stood out? Did any of them stand out yesterday? Juniors, just besides Burton, or for Chesterton? For Chesterton, <clears throat> nobody for Chesterton. Not a lot of juniors. It was it was sophomores, Casper, or I mean, sorry, Sims and Parrish. Yeah. No well, and that's because we talk about how how deep that junior class is. And I mean, Penn, or Chesterton plays what four juniors somewhat regularly or three? Yeah, yeah, uh, oh, definitely guest, three. Guest starts, guest, um, Varalis, Ver- yeah, Verhaitis, yeah, Fermanic, Fermanic plays a little bit, Casper plays too. Yeah, so they they use four of them pretty regularly. <laughs> yeah. So it's Roll not player. like they don't have good junior. Yeah, it's not like they're yeah. just, it's not like they're going to be. I don't know what their thought on point guard is next year. Was who who will lead that group? But you know, between Sims and and Parrish and and that junior class, I mean, Chesterton's still going to be good next year. So yeah, yeah. I don't know they're going to be undefeated good, but they're they're and, still going to be good. Pet so. will definitely be back. Oh God, yeah, yeah. They're all <laughs> aren't they? Just pretty much all juniors. I mean, it's. Yeah, they had a couple seniors that play a lot of minutes. Barker kid plays a lot. Uh, Wojciechowski played a little yeah. bit, but other than that, <clears throat> yeah, they're they're all juniors and and sophomores. I mean, my team of the week, 
I mean, I guess I, I got to go with Kokomo. I mean, they, they deserve it, right? They earned it. And what we talked about with Westfield, what Westfield did to Homestead, they did to Westfield. And, you know, that was a game. That was a game where, especially late, and we talked about this on the, the Twitter space coming home, where you could tell by the end Westfield's legs were shot. And, and not that Kokomo's legs weren't shot, because as soon as the game ended, Shane Spear dropped to the ground and cramped up. I mean, they had to, like, surround him to keep the celebration from piling on him because he was he could not get up and the trainer had to come up and and you could tell by his face he was in pain but he was smiling he was laughing because you know it's like here he is he wants to get up and have fun and he can't because his legs seized up on him and (laughs) but their shots in the fourth quarter were just so much easier and so much closer to the basket than what Westfield was able to get and a lot of that is Badunga you know Flory Badunga was he struggled in the first game with foul trouble. He struggled with, um, you know, the problem with the big guy when you play smaller guys, which none of us can account for because we're all kind of midgets here. But um, the, the problem with that is, you know, a guy like Padunga has four or three Snyder bodies on him, and you can make a case that he should be kicking that out maybe. But, but anytime he turns around, someone, you know, falls down. And immediately the official just thinks it's because of his contact. And the reality is he's got a defender that's in his vertical space. And that was a battle that Coach Peckinpah was fighting the whole game. And it never really went his way or, or Badunga's way. But at the, what happened at the end of the Snyder game was Badunga started to get traction and, and realized the best way to get the ball to him was to just put it toward the backboard and let him go get it. And, you know, it was effective enough to get through. And then the championship game, he had two of the most impressive blocks I've seen in a while that I've seen maybe since Odin, Greg Odin, where Braden Smith and Hafter separate times both get by their guy, kind of see him coming, and then put up, you know, pretty lofty floaters. And, and in Hafter's case, it was sort of a finger roll floater. And Badunga just went up and got them both and sent them into the wall, the the ball, not the players, but they're at Logansport, but I mean, just his length and his ability, his how quickly he gets up and he doesn't go for a lot of fakes. He doesn't he's not easily baited. The only thing he did yesterday that I would have maybe. And that's they won. So who, you know, what the hell do I know? But the only thing that I that I would have maybe looked to tighten up a little bit was he did commit to Braden pretty easily now a lot of that was Braden was getting by his guy and I I would have figured out another way to do that because what was happening was was Romack was getting off was getting his opportunities and once Romack went out with he fouled out it you could tell that that was sort of the final turning point the final I don't know the the final nail in the coffin there because um, they lost any ability to score in the paint easily everything was was difficult from that point on and and I thought that um, Smith and Hafner sort of settled a couple times down the stretch and just weren't hitting at that point. I mean, Hafner made some great plays when they needed him, and Braden did too. Um, and they had a chance to tie it at the very, very end, but they they put up a quick shot that they I thought they could have been a little bit more patient on. And and again, uh, and they, needed, they needed a three at that point, so going to the paint wasn't really an issue. So so credit to Peckinpah. His guys did a great job. They bullied them. They bullied Westfield in the fourth quarter. Um, they, and you know, they were able to win. So Nick, who was your best player? Um, that's tough. I'm going to go back to, to the Sullivan bossy game though. You know, they had, we had two 30 point scorers. Uh, they were just kind of going back and forth. Jamira Ajabadi at bossy. You know, he's an interesting kid. He's only 17. He's a senior, but you know, he's six, three and a half. Um, he's still got some growth to do, growing to do, and he's becoming a really, really good player. You know, he's got good length, shoots the ball really well. He shot 50 something percent from three this year. Um, averaged 17 points, you know, had Julian Norris stayed, I don't know if he would have had as good a year, you know, but they might be playing, you know, for, you know, in a semi-state or in a state situation, he might've got a little more you know, um, yeah, they promotion. Yeah, they definitely would have been a favorite because they 
Yeah, they, but you know, Shane told me this, you know, in our, in our conversation when he was, he called me cause I texted him when Julian left. I said, is that true? He called me and he's like, Hey, he's like, B don't worry. He's like, I got a, I got a regional finalist. Don't worry. And yeah, I was just, he, oh, he was very, Oh yeah. Very confident about their season and they do have, but you still, they have him. I mean, it's, it's nothing you can, he can control. So it's not like he's out there kicking himself, but, but you know, if they had him, he, it would be a different story. Um, yeah, because no, they, you know, they're a team that's always going to be competitor because they play a good schedule. Yeah, they play a good schedule, and they just they, you know, they have good athleticism, and they usually have good skill. I mean, you know, Trey yeah. Howell would be a lot of fun to watch. It's, it's his yeah, he team. Was, he was hurt when I was down there that one day. But you know, it's that's uh, Makai Larry's um, brother and. You know, he's he's really good. He's he's small, but as far as skill goes, like there's nothing yeah. nothing that kid lacks. He is he is small. He but he's he does he plays plays with a lot of heart. He plays hard. I, I, how, about, I how about Randy Kelly hit, hit uh yesterday in the morning session, hit his third consecutive um buzzer beater to win. So I mean, like talking about a kid put putting the team on his back. I mean he has some help. You know, Luke Adams had a really good game yesterday too. Um but you know, uh, he's on a pretty good st- stretch right now. So I'll go with I'll go with those two guys. Uh, but Ajabadi, you know, he just doesn't get the the publicity. The great yeah. kid, super great kid. Zach, who was your best player? Uh, <clears throat> I'm going with six five junior from Munster, Indiana, Brandon Trilly. Okay, out of the uh, desert. Yep, he had <laughs> finished with 34 against Penn. Started with eight in the first half. He was getting super frustrated with Penn's length. Figured it out in the second half, and he had 26 in the second half. Uh, Ten rebounds, four assists. He was 13 of 15 from the free throw line. Um, He just – he was doing everything for Munster, anything he could. Um, Obviously, all their scoring, uh, but but Brandon Trilly is the name that a lot of people need to know because he is very skilled. How good is he going to be, Zach? How, how, I mean, what was the question? How good is he going to, is he going to be? How, how good will he end up? I mean, like, if he, if he can extend his shot, he's going to be really good. He was one, one for two from three. Uh, I mean, he's got to, got to be able to hit that a little more because he can, he can dribble, dribble drive a little bit around bigger defenders. So, and he's not afraid to pull up in the lane either and hit a jumper. He's pretty skilled for six, five in his size. Good length, too. So like a D two, he's kind of like a. I, I think he could be a, he could be a good D two, yeah. D two four maybe. Yeah, <clears throat> NAI would be a steal. And I know I talked to his dad this week. He doesn't have much on him right now, which is crazy. Not a lot of juniors do though. Yeah, not a lot. That's not awesome. a lot of. I mean, especially if you're non D one, or especially if you're below a mid. Not a lot of juniors do. Yeah, um, Chris. Who was your best player? Yeah, I'll give I'll give two because the first ones from the Mount Vernon game, Armand Gerard, Gerard, excuse me. Um, he he was he really kept them in it. He had 24 points. He was shooting really well. He had a few threes that were pretty, pretty tough shots, fadeaways. He had one fadeaway from the top of the key that was something else. He drove well and he his brother didn't play that well in that game but he he really kind of picked up the slack in a way and he played extremely well it was playmaking well too and I was really impressed with him and then from the night game coming out of halftime Xavier Booker really just was really active in the paint he got a lot of rebounds he blocked seven shots too a lot on um, some pretty tall guys for Ben Davis too and he played really well and didn't get a lot of fouls either in the second half of that game and he had 19 points too. So he played, I, I would say he's the reason they really started. One of the reasons they really started blowing Ben Davis out of the water. So, but yeah, yeah, both those guys. Again, I think the difference between those two teams is just cathedral has more shooters. Yeah. They, they can definitely stretch the floor a little bit better, but my player, my best player was Cam Hafner. Just the unbelievable shot making that he had, especially when, when Westfield needed it. I mean, only is, is, do what? How about that spin that he did on uh, uh, Homestead? He, yeah, he's just, you know, he's been a kid that he almost didn't play this year. 
because he was going to graduate midterm, <laughs> mid-year, and do what? Nobody knew. And you think when his scholarship offer came, that how big of a mistake that would have been. And I don't know what the rationale was. It's, it's not, a, I mean, it's probably not even important now because he obviously did. And uh, I know that, especially from the player's perspective, they wanted him to play. I, I mean, I, I doubt that Sumter didn't want him to play. I just don't really know him that well. Uh, but he, he was impressive yesterday. His, he had a four point, I mean, down what, 50, was it 59 to 55 yesterday with? I think 54, 58. 54 58 he had a, he gets a four point play <laughs> so last night yeah he just comes off a screen hard cut i love how he moves out the basketball that's why he's going to have a chance that's why he's going to be successful at eastern illinois because he's going to he knows how to come off screens he cuts with purpose you know his father his father played at evansville with with marty simmons who's the head coach of eastern illinois so there is some familiarity there but he is the kind of shot maker that a lot of these that a lot of these college teams lack sometimes. And and in, in the case of look how Indiana lost yesterday um, to, to Iowa. He's that kind of a kid where he can go out and just not nothing phases him. He's going to shoot the ball. You know, he might miss six on that. He doesn't necessarily take bad shots. Um, but, you know, he goes out in the sectional gate sectionals last week and has a five-point game, I think, the first game out against Fishers. They just blow Fishers out. And then he comes out and immediately and scores eight points in the first quarter against HSC, basically saying, okay, look, I had a bad game. This is not going to be the norm. And then was really good in stretches against Carmel. And certainly, I mean, I say in stretches, like he had his own 8-0 run against Carmel. And that's what they did. And that's kind of what they did the Homestead there. And that's what. And then they're come back. They're back and forth with with Kokomo was really a lot of, you know, a lot of that was created by Braden, but, but a lot of it was finished by Hafner. And what I also like about Hafner is that he continues to be a guy that can get into his own shot. So, I mean, he's just hitting him from the volleyball line. Like it's nothing. So Nick, any, uh, any promising prospects, any freshmen, any freshmen, especially freshmen, we, we, we've held this category for freshmen or sophomores who didn't really contribute as freshmen. Anybody you saw yesterday? Well, you know, I was like I said earlier, I was really impressed with, you know, what I saw out of out of Franklin. Um, yeah. Wyatt Thornburg. They do. have Yeah, they've got three uh, sophomores that play a lot. I'm not, I don't have their uh, Wyatt. Uh, you keep talking, I'll find it. Okay. But, you know, I just thought, I, I thought in that moment, you know, it would have. Uh, Wyatt Nicholson. Yeah, Nicholson. That's, he's, Wyatt. you know, 5'10". So, I don't know if size could be an issue with him. I don't know if he, if he keeps growing. We'll see. And, but, Micah, and Micah Davis. Those are the two sophomores that. Micah Davis and there's another one. Um, uh, uh, Gardner, Hunter. Hunter, Grant Hunter. Grant Hunter. Grant Hunter. It was Grant Hunter. Um, you know, they were really good. And like I said, they were <laughs> they were one quarter away from, from going to the semi-state. But, you know, Bloomington North was impressive. Um, if they can get that third score, you know, and Fitch, Fitch was scoring it last night. He had 10 in the first half. I think he finished with 17. Who um, was? Mario Fitch. Oh, from the – oh, from Bloomington North. Yeah, so if you can get three, you know, Bloomington North's really, really tough. And so eventually it just came down, you know, Franklin had – they just ran out of gas, man. They were uh, – that's the, the, the problem. I, when I was watching that Westfield Homestead game, I was thinking like, oh, man, this is not good for tonight. I don't know how what Kokomo's going to look like, but Kokomo's got to be happy. Um, similar there with Franklin. I mean, they were kind of riding the cloud nine, and it just – the wheels fell out, out. You just, you know, yeah. I thought JQ was really good. You know, he could force so much more and he doesn't. So, um, but as far as like young kids, oh, you know, I, mean, I didn't. I mean, Micah, I mean, it could just be Micah. I mean, he's, yeah, Micah, I guess, uh, I guess I mean, he definitively, he fits the criteria. He didn't, 
played homeschool basketball as a freshman. No, none of us really saw him play school ball. So, I mean, I think he, I mean, I'm going to be pretty obvious in who I pick, but, but I mean, that's Mike Davis is a heck of a player. I'm glad I went down and watched him. There was a, something happened. There was a rescheduled game and that moved him to a night when I could go watch. And I went down there and I'm glad I did. So Zach, who was your, uh, I got a starting five of sophomores that I got from the, <clears throat> from the Michigan city regional, just because, I mean, 4A, we know how tough it is for a freshman to get in there and get some minutes right away right. Or in, in, a, in a time like this. Uh, Penn has two sophomores, Dominic Bonner and Trey Miller. Uh, we'll be talking about them for the next couple of years. Tyler Parrish and Justin Sims, obviously, from Chesterton. They're, they're the second and third cog for them. If they're not scoring, they're going to be in trouble here against Kokomo. Um, and they both had great games yesterday. They, and they needed to. And then uh, David Cundiff from Munster, he's a sophomore guard for them. He's going to be pretty tough in the future. Yeah. So they, Munster starts three sophomores. Nice. Hackett, yeah. Hackett's, he's just good. I love watching them, his teams play. Chris? Uh, I've only I've only got one because there's only one that came in yeah. the entire time, which is Mark. Mark Zachary from Ben Davis, and yeah. he he didn't do too, too much, but he hit a nice mid-range pull-up that was pretty late in the Mount Vernon game. But, I mean, he, he kept up with the other teams on defense and things like that. So, but, I mean, there's not too, too, too much to comment on. So I mean, he wasn't even on the roster against Carmel. So, I mean, that was his first varsity action, and they subbed him in pretty quickly against Carmel. He was good. And I down the stretch, Carl, talking earlier about Carmel was ahead in that game 18-2. to two. Ben Davis fought their way back, and then there was a stretch. I think they were up five or seven, maybe. And a lot of it was Zachary. It was just like, oh, my God, they're going to get beat by a freshman. It's kind of like when the the Reds get beat by – or the Colts get beat by a rookie quarterback. It's just like, ugh. Um, but, uh, yeah, Zachary was impressed. I love his length. Yep. He's, he's super long and um, seems to shoot the ball. He doesn't shoot off the dribble real well yet. Uh, maybe some, maybe some, you know, mid, you know, mid paint floater stuff, but in terms of like getting into a three or, or getting into like a mid range jump shot, I haven't seen him do that with much success just yet, but, but no, I, I definitely like his talent. So um, mine's pretty obvious. Flory Badunga. I mean, he's watching him post post up every big man should watch him the way he does it not not even just the way that he does it but just how hard he works at it because that's even guys that can play all over the floor that's how you should do it you know he he is definitely carving out space and and fighting for position and you know it, it would have been it, it would have been, or it's going to be good to see them play Chesterton, although that's not where I'm going to be Saturday, but, but it would have, it's really good to watch him because, you know, Chesterton's kids are strong and, you know, I thought Westfield kind of lacked size. Snyder definitely lacked size and he still had to fight. And I, I'm anxious to see him go up against, you know, part of me wants to see him go up against cathedral. Yeah. But you know, the, they're going to have to get over one more large obstacle in, in beating Chesterton. But I lo love his patience on defense. Like he's not, he may, I thought maybe he did overcommit to Braden a couple times, but a lot of that was because he just, I think Braden got free from the, off the perimeter a little bit more easily than what, what Kokomo would have wanted. And that, that enabled Romack to, to make plays. Um, he, but he was not undisciplined. He wasn't flying around. He wasn't, he wasn't going for, cheap blocks he wasn't stat hunting he was trying to play within a defensive system and he was impressive and his he was foul trouble a little bit against Snyder but I think that was just John being a little bit really protective the two foul thing you come out and then his picked up his third early in the third quarter should have I six mean fouls. do what you should have six fouls I don't, yeah I don't disagree with that high school mm -hmm. level college level we should have six fouls we're, we're here to watch players play not yeah um but yeah, he was, I, you know, I've not seen him do anything offensively away from the rim other than maybe get a catch opportunity to sweep and drive. 
I know during their scrimmage against Warsaw, he was trying to dribble in transition. That was not met with a whole lot of uh, happiness from the bench. That seems to have been curbed, and he he's better for. It. I mean, I I don't know what his stats were yesterday. I didn't. I just didn't look at him. I think I just was checking to see what Braden did, and but he was. I think he was a double double. He was almost a double double at halftime, and just consistently a force around the rim. You know, he's, you know, it'd be interesting to see how they handle Chesterton and, and what, what he would do then if they got a chance to play Cathedral. So, because Cathedral would have a lot of bodies to throw at him. So, well, we know where Zach's going this week. Going nowhere. He's going on vacation. Right. <clears throat> Chris, where are you going this week? Uh, to be determined. We'll see. To be determined. All right. <laughs> Nick, you're going to make it up to Washington? I might just because I, I haven't been in that gym and this year, and I'm kind of like, God, I love it, man. Yeah, the Hatcher like, House is good. Ah, oh, it, it just gets me going. Um, well, what, well, what game are you looking forward to, Chris? Let's go there first. Chris, what game are you looking forward to? I, I would have to say Kokomo Chesterton because yeah. it's just it's fun to watch Floyd Bedunga play. He's just fun to watch. So now here he's going. It might go to uh, Lalu. You're hearing that. You're hearing that from Indy. No, I haven't talked to Indy. Really? You're yeah. I don't know. That's why I was asking. That, that I, was whispered to me. I, I kept saying, "Who who's spreading those rumors? Logansport?" No, I don't know who it was. I, it was somebody I was talking to. Was like uh, they just you know they just said yeah. There's talk that he might go to Lalu. So I was like, okay, Jim, have you heard any about the talk? Yeah, I heard it yesterday, about? but I, that was the first I heard of it. So. I mean, a lot would have to happen, I would think. Like a lot of money would have to. <laughs> no. No, he. I, say the, that's, I said the loud part out loud. He effectively, he effectively lives with Peckinpah. I mean. He, what, he can't move out if he gets $2 million offer or something? I mean, like, I'm just kidding. No, I well, hope he's. Oh, you know, I don't know I, you know, I don't know what the immigration situation is on that, but I mean, he's part of Kokomo's. He's part of Kokomo's immigration program where that's the specific thing that not every school has. Maybe and maybe Lalumir has it. I don't know. But it's not just something that's going to be as easy as easy as him switching schools. Now, if Lalu has it, then perhaps. But but I still think you have to have the sponsor. And there might be a scenario where he has to go back home to get reapplicated to get to resubmit that visa. A lot no, of times, a lot of times that's the case in immigration situations, not relative to this, where sometimes the issue with your visa running out, it isn't something that you get here. It's something that you've got to go home to get. And some of these people, some of these people that are here on the, those types of visa programs, I'm not talking about the Flory or the student situation, but sometimes people fear going home. Yeah, yeah 100%. <laughs> because that's why they're leaving. So, you know, their circumstances can't change as easily as other people, you know, if we lose a job or we, you know, we, we're not where we live and how we live isn't maybe how we live our is, but, but where we live, it isn't necessarily effective, but I, you know, I'm heading to Elkhart. I'm looking forward to, to seeing a siege and I'm looking forward to Mishawaka, Mary and Leo. I've not seen Leo at all this year. Uh, I definitely have, I have not, I didn't see Carol this year. I did sneak up and see them once last year. But I'm looking forward to seeing those games. I just the 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 one A games don't appeal to me right now. I, I'm looking forward to hopefully seeing 21st Century versus North Davies. But that's you know the the two one A matchups tomorrow the next week are not juicy for me. Um, Eastern Hancock, Providence will be good. What what Beach Grove did this weekend, I'll be anxious to see if they can do that against Sullivan, which is just kind of play bully ball. I mean, they've got kids that are skilled, and Anthony Ball is really is talented. And Jeremiah Alexander, when he's playing well, they're they're really tough to beat. Um, but and they've got two bigger kids, taller kids who could shoot. Anxious to see if they can do that to Sullivan. Um, shocked that Floyd Central got beat by Franklin. Um, any other outcome? Last thing before we sign off. Any other outcome surprise you yesterday, Zach? Oh, is it all Franklin? Is it all Franklin? We all. I, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I, 
I don't really pay, didn't really pay attention to anything for too far south. Too far south, yeah. What, what was the most surprising outcome for you, Chris? I would say Terre Haute North making the game competitive against Cathedral because it yeah. really at halftime it looked like it was going to be a blowout, but they just could they really just kept making shots. Mark Hankins played well, and he just kept making tough shots. So, yeah. Nick, what was the biggest surprise of yesterday? Uh, you know, to me, it was probably Forest Park, who started one in five this year in 2A down south. Uh, they they uh, they were down 12 to 10 at half to Providence. Uh, you know, Providence is a good team. It's a, a Louis Lefebvre disciple. They play a lot like North Harrison, you know, that just they just they get it. Yeah. Um, so I, it's not like I didn't think they could win that sectional or that regional. You know, I thought I thought Linton would. I mean, you know, Linton's got. I, yeah, I thought Linton would. I mean, I predicted Linton to win that thing, but it didn't work out. Force Park, you know, uh, uh, it's pretty funny. Drew Howard is going to play baseball at Evansville, and, and he finished with sixteen hundred points. Yeah, he's um, their all-time leading scorer. They're going to have a heck of an intramural team there with between <laughs> uh, Simon Cherry and and Drew Howard. Like, not fair. Well, boys, it's twelve thirty recording time. I got to get. I got to run. Appreciate all three of you guys coming on as always, and as always, Zach. Nick, you want to do one this week? Prepare for the semi-state. Zach's literally just like leaving the country, or I don't know where he's going. He's I mean, I can still do one this week, maybe sometime, depending can on you? the day. Yeah, can you get the get that going? Wife's yeah. gonna be okay with that. Yeah, she's good. Hey, hey, hey don't you have to leave? Then, then your woman wants you like in the car or something, Jim? No, I've got practice. <laughs> I gotta kidding. be I gotta be at Carmel High School at one o'clock, so twenty nine minutes. People don't understand. People don't understand that, that I'm a jokester, man. Like, well, you are wearing the Where's Where's Waldo hat right now. So, all right, everybody listens every week. We appreciate it. We appreciate you hitting the subscribe button. Those that don't listen every week or just listen to us for the first time, Nick, what do we tell what them? What are you doing? We've adopted that as our like slogan now. That's our like. What the hell is wrong with you? Yeah, we're making what shorts. are you doing? Yeah, hit that subscribe button. Hit it, Chris. You're gonna you're gonna join us later this week. We talk about semi state games. Sure, if I can, yeah. Do a quick uh, quick uh, profile on that, and kind of thought the the Twitter space went a little bit better this time, Zach. Yeah, mostly because I figured out how to use it a little bit. <laughs> the first time was like, what the heck am I looking at? Wow, so, we had all those weirdos that one one night. That oh no, that was the yeah, that was because I put the stupid yeah, that was our live stream. Yeah, that was not all right. All naked right, man. Belly, naked belly dancer stuff. That was bad. So all right, we're out of here, man. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you guys later this week. Right. Later.